0: and welcome the Lord be with you and grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord what a gift and a joy it is to gather with you on this Lord's day this resurrection day to share the start of the day and the week with you in this time of worship it is a joy to be with you and I thank you for sharing in worship at First Church this morning we're especially Blessed by the presence of our visitors, our guests this morning. We thank you for sharing in worship at First Church. Pray that this would be a blessed time for us all and that you all know this is a blessing to share in worship with you. Just a reminder that we find registration pads to your right or left uh, as we gather for worship, and it is helpful for you uh, to fill out those registration forms for us to know that you share in worship at First Church this morning. Just a reminder as well of the opportunities before us for service. We will gather. Next Saturday, as part of Oktoberfest here Uptown, we will have a location uh, for First Church here at the corner of Church Street and Lester Street from 11 until 4. Welcome you to be a part of that gift of hospitality at any time within those hours. Again, we are fortunate for this location and this opportunity uh, to be with our neighbors for Oktoberfest, and just a reminder, as Halloween approaches, we will be a part of the Uptown Halloween as well, and thank you for your contributions as uh, we share in that time of hospitality as well. Remember the opportunities for service by way of the food bank, the Circle of Psalms, uh, the Tuesday study to which uh, your women are invited at noon in the Uptown Ministry Center, and a reminder that we make our way through the Gospel of Luke this year, so we will share from Luke chapter 16 scripture regarding the crisis of belief and unbelief grateful to share in that word with you grateful for the voices of our children in this time of worship as well and grateful for the time of celebration as we present the bibles to our third graders and recognize our children who have graduated from jams a wonderful time of worship that is god's gift to us and we will now prepare for worship together first i know jill wants to speak to us regarding the choral benediction at the end of our service
1: Good morning, everyone. Yes, today we're kind of worshiping old style a little bit because we're going to start the service with a hymn sing, and so therefore that means that you have to take out your hymnal and actually use it. Yay! I love PowerPoint, but there's nothing like getting out the good old book. And at the same way, though, at the end of our service, we are doing a corporate benediction response together called We Go in Peace. Um, As you'll see in the newsletter article that I wrote, this year we're going to be stressing the theme of peace musically throughout the year at different points. And this benediction response is one that you will be seeing and hearing again. And it's so beautiful. The choir has, has fallen in love with it. And I would like for you to join with us. So, although we don't need the PowerPoint, Grab your good old-fashioned bulletin, and look on the interior page. Right there is this benediction response. So I'm going to stand the choir up, and they will sing it one time so that you can get this tune into your, your mind, and then we'd li- I'd like for you to join with us as well, Okay.
0: us to prepare to worship God together. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Lila. I invite us to stand. Our call to worship is before us. Those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the refuge of God's wings.
2: They will not fear the terror of the night, nor the terror that by day.
0: Those who love me, I will deliver, says the Lord. O Lord, who call me now, show us your salvation. And please be seated, and as Jill mentioned, this is a time in which we are invited to share in the hymn sing. We are anticipating perhaps three hymns as you mentioned them. We'll sing the first and last verses. So we do this as a, a custom to each fifth Sunday. This being the fifth Sunday, I would invite from you a selection for a hymn 347. Coincidentally, I think that was suggested at the early service as well, number 347. 378, 378. 340, 348. Hmm. One more, we'll take one more.
1: <laughs>
2: we need
0: to do that, we'll do that. I, I didn't hear, of 89, okay. You've got to be loud like friends are, right? That is our fifth Sunday custom. The next fifth Sunday will be December 29th, Sunday after Christmas. There's your motivation to come to church the Sunday after Christmas. So put that on your calendar. I invite us to go to God as we pray our opening prayer before us. God, our Redeemer, you promise deliverance to those who love you. Draw unto us. As we draw unto you in worship, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our minds to comprehend, and our spirits to encounter the revelation you have for us this day. Transform us with the truth of your love and grace. In the name of the one who loved us and gave his life for us. Amen. We welcome the Jubilate and Cantabile Choir singing Sandra Ford. God is there. Thank you Beth, thank you our choir moms, thank you children, and we we look forward to you singing further into this time of worship. Lily Kate will lead us in the reading of the gospel this morning. As she prepares, I will offer a brief prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Lord, bless the reading and hearing of your word, that all who love, worship, and serve you may be inspired, in Jesus' name, amen.
3: Luke 16, 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, full of sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and in Hades, being in torment. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, and in Lazarus... In like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this. Place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but I'm but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. The word of God for the people of God.
0: Thank you, Lily Kate. The late therapist and consultant, Rabbi Edwin Friedman, in 1990, wrote a book titled, Friedman's Fables. The title, as you may have guessed, is appropriate to this book of fables, which, much like the fables of Aesop, offers short stories concluding with some moral observation. One of Friedman's fables is titled, The Power of Belief, and the power of belief begins with this sentence. One evening, a man came home and announced that he was dead. Well, following this man's stunning announcement, his neighbors tried to demonstrate to the man how foolish this notion was. You're walking, they said. Dead men don't walk. You are breathing, your brain is functioning. This is not the behavior of a dead man. However, no amount of reasoning carried any influence with this man, and instead, in frustrating and skillful fashion, the man would rebuff every argument put forth so as to prove he was not dead. Family and friends, unable to convince this man to believe otherwise, wondered if he had gone mad. Perhaps he is exhausted from working too hard, Does he have a brain tumor, they ask. Regardless, it was decided, outside help must be called. First, a psychiatrist was summoned to meet with this man at his home. Rather than being able to help the man, the psychiatrist became frustrated and having all his attempts to help rebuffed. He left, but not before declaring the man was psychotic and he needed to be committed to a mental hospital. Next, a clergyman was called to the house. His attempts to convince the man he was not dead were no more effective than the efforts of anyone before him, and as the clergyman left, family members delivered that the man had fallen asleep. Such is the effect of clergy, apparently. They just induce sleep. Well, finally, the decision was made to call the family doctor. He had known the man since he was a little boy. He had a reputation for patience and skill. He was Respected for his homey wisdom, he came, asked a couple of questions in front of all who were gathered, and then he asked the man in a no-nonsense way, tell me, did dead men bleed? Well, of course not, said the man. Well, then, said the doctor, would, would you allow me to make a, a small cut in your arm, say above the elbow? I'll stop the bleeding immediately, and we can see once and for all whether you are dead. Well, dead men do not bleed, doctor, said the man, as he proceeded to roll up his sleeve. With everyone watching, the doctor deftly slit the flesh. The man began to bleed. The doctor dressed the wound and turned to everyone, saying, I hope that puts an end to this foolishness. And everyone was congratulating the physician when they realized the man was headed for the door. As he opened it, He turned to the group and said, I see I was wrong. Dead men, in fact, do bleed. (laughs) Well, we know this maddening frustration, don't we? When we try to offer all manner of reasoning and rationale and proof so that someone may be persuaded to believe differently than they do, only to be rebuffed in the most... Frustrating of ways. Now, it's one thing when the matter at hand about which we are trying to influence belief is political or perhaps historical. It is another matter entirely when we are speaking about the ministry of Jesus, specifically the resurrection of Jesus. This matter of belief and the resurrection of Jesus Well, that's before us this morning. Now, we may find this story of the rich man and Lazarus found only in Luke to be a troubling story. The scene, as set before us by Jesus and as recalled by Lily Kate, is unsettling. Jesus tells of a rich man, handsomely clothed and wonderfully fed, but at the rich man's gate lay a poor man named Lazarus. The circumstance of Lazarus different from that of the rich man, Lazarus is poor, full of sores, hungry, subject to the dogs of the streets, an unsettling scene, yet a scene that gives way to one we may find even more unsettling, for both the rich man and Lazarus die, Lazarus dies, goes to heaven to the bosom of Abraham, rich man dies, goes to Hades, where we are told he is in torment, He speaks of being in anguish, in the flame, again troubling. I've shared with you before of attending an all-night bowling party hosted by the church of my friend Robbie Miller when we were each about 12 years old. After this night of countless gutter balls, the leader in this church used this passage to try to convert us, to make us sure we would be spared the fate of the rich man of the story. If you were to die tonight, where would you wake up? And I'm sure the passage has been put to use countless times for that purpose. Yet as troubling as these images, they finally lead to an image more troubling for the early church, more troubling perhaps for us now. The image as set forth before us is this, the lack of belief among those whom God has sent his son to save. The lack of belief Even after Jesus is raised from the dead. Now, it's true this is not so graphic an image, this image of unbelief, but it appears based on the scripture, this refusal to believe by those to whom the gospel was proclaimed is a crisis within the church. A crisis found within this conversation between Father Abraham and the rich man in Hades. We heard Abraham say to the rich man, If they don't hear Moses and the prophets who all point to Jesus, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. A crisis because it appears the expectation among many within the early church is that the resurrection of Jesus was an event of such significance that it would naturally bring forth a response of belief among all. I mean, to what can we compare resurrection? There's no precedent for resurrection. True, other persons have returned from the dead only to die again. But God's power is fully revealed in this Jesus raised from the dead never to die again, demonstrating God's authority over all creation, Certainly the resurrection of Jesus is an event of such power so as to bring forth from all the words, I believe. Now it may be that persons can dismiss other mighty works of God. It may be that others can turn aside from, say, the miracles of Jesus, from the mighty works of God's hands. But the resurrection... God's victory over death, God's conquering of all that would oppose him. God's exaltation of Jesus so that all creatures, whether above the earth or on the earth or beneath the earth, would bow before him and confess him as Lord to the glory of God the Father. Who can withstand that? Well, apparently those within the early church. Even for these News of the resurrection of Jesus was not enough to compel the words, I believe. Now for you and me, we hear such words, it, it may not alarm us, we, we might be accustomed to that. But judging from the resurrection uh, conversation between Father Abraham and the rich man, this news was troubling to those in the early church who did believe. In fact, it appears this is a matter of life and death, a matter of eternal importance. To believe means life, not to believe means death. This matter of belief, of unbelief, is of great urgency in the church, and in fact it's it's a matter that really never goes away. Just this past week I came across news that invites conversation regarding this matter of belief, I saw an article online in the Washington Post this past Monday. The article highlighting the work of a Lutheran clergy couple speaks of how the circuit-riding preacher is no longer an idea of the frontier past, but a practice familiar again in the life of the church. This clergy couple, Jess and Jason Felici, served between the two of them Five churches. Churches they need to lead worship in each and every Sunday, including today. Again, this article speaks to how this is becoming a more familiar practice in the life of the Christian church as church membership declines and churches close and churches struggle to find means by which to support their pastors. Pastors. Related to this, the church I served as a pastor in Colonial Heights participated in a Virginia conference program known as Calling 21. This was a program that recognized as years go by, fewer persons are entering into the ordination process of the United Methodist Church. Unwilling to accept the idea that fewer persons entering the ordination process means God is calling fewer persons into ministry, This Calling 21 program was created so as to help young people discern God's call in their lives. No doubt the creation of this Calling 21 program is related to news I recently read telling us that the number of men and women ordained within the United Methodist Church under the age of 35 has drastically decreased. Now this news we may find alarming this news telling us of declining numbers in our churches, declining members, declining numbers of those believing themselves called to God, called by God to ministry. Like our brothers and sisters in the early church, we may say, but Jesus is raised from the dead. How can this be? Well, regardless, regardless, I can't help but notice you and I have stirred ourselves awake this morning. We have readied ourselves. And among the many other things we could be doing, we have brought ourselves to this place of worship. We have prayed. We have heard the word of God proclaimed. We hear voices of children and adults proclaiming songs of faith. We affirm our faith. We welcome one another to worship as we pass the peace of Christ. We offer our gifts. We do all of this for but one reason. We believe Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. We are a people of resurrection. We worship a God of resurrection. Now again, everyone is given the freedom not to believe. We find we do not possess the power to compel others to believe. Even the resurrection of Jesus, it appears, may not compel those who choose not to believe to believe. But we believe. And we confess. And we worship. We live as we are called to live. It may be the witness of our belief in Jesus may bring others to believe in Jesus as well. And perhaps that's why you and I have come to worship the risen Lord this morning. Because the vital faith of a family member or friend or neighbor prepared a place for us within this community of faith. So where else would we be? Is there anything more important than this? We worship and serve a living Lord. We belong to one who has overcome death and all that would oppose him. We belong to one who is Lord of heaven, of earth, before we belong to anyone else. We claim his gift of abundant life, the promise of resurrection life, and all of this because Jesus is raised from the dead. This we believe. Why else? Would we be here? Amen. (coughs) We stand as we sing. seated. And as we shared, as we gathered for worship, this is a time to celebrate the presentation of Bibles to our third graders, and I ask those who are named before us to come forward. Ryder Cobb, Simone Humphreys, Carson Jones, Cedar Wade, Addison Soper, Caden Spencer, Harris Vaughn. You will find the recognition for the presentation of Bibles before us as PowerPoint, And I hope you will note that there is the opportunity for various responses. I and parents, teachers, friends will offer the initial response, starting with receive the Word of God. The children receiving our Bibles, I want you to know you're invited to offer a response as well. So I will direct you to the PowerPoint at that time. Then you as the congregation offer some words of affirmation. And then finally again, our children will respond to the congregation. Welcome, children. Let me shake your hands. Congratulations, each of you. Aiden, Addison, Cedar, Cedar. This is a big day. We're very proud of you and are excited for you to receive these Bibles. Okay. And I as pastor, parents, teachers, friends, receive this word of God, learn its stories, and study its words. Its stories belong to us all, and these words speak to us all. They tell us who we are. They tell us that we belong to one another, for we are the people of God. And children, if you will read the top paragraph as you see it there, we receive... Now I want you to look to the congregation, for the congregation has something to say to you. We rejoice in this step in your journey with God. We pray God will guide you, your family, and us, you Holy in your home, in your church, school, classes, and in our worship. We will learn together and grow in our love for God's Word. And children, the last words are yours again. Huber is handing out the Bibles, and as he does so, I'll invite you to affirm our children. Children, this is a big day in the life of the church. We are very proud of you. We celebrate this beginning with you and look forward to reading our scriptures with you. Thank you again. I invite our JAMS graduates to come forth. We have names before us of those who have graduated from the JAMS program: Hudson Bell, Maxie Garrett, Elizabeth Maxwell, Lily Kate Sapp, Lucas Soki, Dylan Spencer, Will Vaughn, and Brady Wells. About what they're receiving.
4: Ah, there we go. Hey, you guys. So, you guys have made it to the sixth grade. Big steps, awesome things coming your way. And give a big thanks to Miss Annette for compiling these booklets of your jams and memories together. Let these be a reminder to you guys of all the great things that you did in God's name and that God did through you and for you in the name of fun and the name of the Holy Spirit and lots of things that you guys managed to do. Each one of these booklets is personally made with your memories that you guys achieved because you showed up and you did plenty of amazing things in God's name here at this church. So congratulations to each and every single one of you and plenty more awesome things to come. All right. God bless.
0: we thank you for times of celebration for graduations for receiving your word we thank you for these children and all they have accomplished and for the bright and wonderful future you have set before them may they always know the love and affection and prayers of us as your church may they know your presence with them always we pray in jesus name Amen. amen amen again congratulations Thank you, children. Thank you, Matt. Yes, thank you, Annette, as well. And thank you, parents, for your support in making this important in your lives. And I'll invite our, cho- our uh, ushers to come forward. Okay. There. Ushers, you may welcome us in the passing of the peace. I'll invite us to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. As we find our places, we will receive God's tithes and our offerings. We thank your ushers for being adaptable and hanging in there with us. We prepare to go to God as we pray. We share again in a responsive time of prayer, we know as the prayers of the people. In this time of prayer, I will name a series of petitions, concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy. And I invite from you the response, hear our prayer and invite you to name those prayer concerns you feel led to offer as we go to God in prayer and then conclude in the prayer that Christ has taught us. We go to God as we pray. Lord, we thank you for those ancestors in our faith who by their faith brought us to belief. We thank you for the witness of those who have gone before the lives they led faithfully to you so that we too may believe in the risen and living Lord. We pray, Lord, that we would be those who grow in faith. We pray that we would be faithful in our witness so that those who look to us may also be brought to faith and may find their place within this community of faith. We thank you for the voices of all ages witnessing to the presence of a living Lord One whose gift to us each day is abundant life and one whose promise to us is resurrection life. For the witness offered in this time of worship for each person here and for the many ways in which you bring us into this community of faith and sustain us and nurture us each day, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy, And hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy.
2: Don Hodges and family and the death of his mother.
0: Lord, in your mercy, Hear hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord in your mercy.. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission lord in your mercy Amen. for bishop lewis denise bates the ministries of first church lord in your mercy Lord, hear our prayers joined with those of your saints whose presence we know, praying as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We stand as we sing. go as a light into the world beyond, because we believe in a living Christ who has said you are the light of the world. We come to worship one who has conquered death and assures us he is with us now and always. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, amen.